If we could fully apply Leviticus 19, our lives, our homes, our world would look drastically different. Mm. A massive chapter on the plate today. Yeah, and this one, uh, this one is uh, awesome because there's a lot of practical stuff in here, which is hard for Leviticus. There's not a ton of for 2024 practical things. Yeah, I, we, too bad we missed out on uh, on yesterday's reading uh, doing that publicly. Yeah, <laughs> but, all the sex stuff. All the sex. Yeah, now yeah. we got everybody who missed. They're going to go back and reread. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, yeah, this is a great chapter. Yeah, it's kind of like a little um, oasis, I would say, yeah, uh, in, in Leviticus. So this you is bet. Good. You bet. Well, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And uh, I'll go ahead. How many, how many verses we got here, it's actually, I think it's quite a bit. It's so. uh, 37. Ooh, okay. I'll get started then. The Lord also said to Moses, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Of course, that's repeated in the New Testament. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father, and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I am the Lord your God. By the way, when it, when we see that holy, you must be holy, we think of perfect, sinless perfection, you're never, ever sinning. You might think of and, Junior when you think of holy. <laughs> and why is everybody <laughs> laughing right now? But right. Um, the, the word itself means unique, set apart, very different. And it is interesting that in the New Testament that we're also referred to as God's peculiar people, that we ought to be the kind of people that live the kinds of lives that people are curiously noting that, well, that's different. Yeah. I like it. Well, we get a uh, holiday is holy day. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a set apart. It's a special day. Right. So each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. And uh, let me read that again. Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. <laughs> and you must always observe my Sabbath days of rest. I'm the Lord, your God. And we believe that. I, I know a lot of Christians do not. They think the Sabbath day was, and, you know, we don't believe it legalistically, like God's going to punish us if we don't take the day off, but we do believe this is a principle that we ought to observe because it's the way God created Biologically, us. it's also been yeah. proven to help. Do not put your trust in idols or make metal images of gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. And that seems so foolish. Why would anybody ever do that? But they did. I mean, man, did they for, for thousands of years. And I think even still, people's where people place their trust is not. Well, that isn't the great schism between the Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church kind of came down to this a little bit. Yeah. With the graven were, images. Yeah. And, you know, I did a little study on that uh, last time we talked about this in between the lines. And I, I didn't have it exactly right when I, because I was just speaking from memory. But yeah, that was a big part of the, the it was called the iconoclastic controversy. Yeah. And it had to do with uh, whether or not you could have images. Because the tendency is when we have images, then we we show reverence to those images. I, there's a story I want to tell right now, but we don't have time. So <laughs> now everybody's wondering what it is. Maybe I'll get to it another day. When you sacrifice a peace offering to the Lord, offer it properly so you'll be accepted by God. The sacrifice must be eaten on the same day you offer it. Or on the next day, whatever is left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will be contaminated, and I will not accept it. Anyone who eats it on the third day will be punished for defiling what is holy to the Lord and will be cut off from the community, which is actually just good for these people who didn't understand bacteria, but God did. When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of the fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. He's always looking out for those who have needs and instructs his people to do Wasn't so. Wasn't it the disciples who were grabbing heads of grain? Yeah, yeah, because it had been left in the field, and they were criticized because they were doing it on the Sabbath. Right, right. It was being called work, which, you know, is 
Harvesting. Yeah. Uh, do not steal. Do not deceive or cheat one another. Fall, you know, call back to the Ten Commandments. Do not bring shame on the name of your God by using it to swear falsely, I am the Lord. Uh, which is, you know, we, we get that from the third commandment, uh, but it's really attaching God's name to anything that is our own ideas and trying to pretend as though this was God told me to do this. Verse 13, do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not make your hired workers wait until the next day to receive their pay. In other words, pay them right away. Do not insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. You must fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. So he says you're not to favor the rich, but you're also not to favor the poor, that everybody should be judged fairly. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You must obey all my decrees. And this is what you're talking about, Junior, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, if we if we stuck by this and really practiced this, it would change our entire culture. Yep. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. I am the Lord. You want to pick it up in middle verse 9? <coughs> Do not mate two different kinds of animals. Not that I was planning on doing that, but... I guess that was a... Well, it'd be a mule. Ah, interesting. uh, Yeah, is that a prohibition against mules? Okay, I guess so. Do not plant your field with two different kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven from two different kinds of threads. And we all all violate this. So again, this does go back to the laws that were specific to the Israelites. And the reason for this, and we're not going to fully understand it because we don't live in that culture, but pagan nations surrounding them had a lot of bizarre worship practices. And a lot of these things that were decrees for specific to the Israelites was for them to be differentiated from those pagan nations that used these things as part yeah. of their worship. Yeah. This is how you be, be holy. Be different. Yes, yeah. be different. If a man has sex with a slave girl whose freedom has never been purchased, but who is committed to become another man's wife, he must pay full compensation to her master. But since she is not a free woman, neither the man nor the woman will be put to death. The man, however must bring a ram as a guilt offering and present it to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then purify him before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering and the man's sin will be forgiven. Man, I'm sure there's a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of anger even over this. Well, why doesn't it just say all slaves should be free? And remember, I mean, in in all of history, throughout the entire world, I, I don't know if there was a people group at that time that did not practice slavery. In Israel, the slavery was very different, that a person volunteered to be a slave and then they were to be freed after seven years. So yeah. in a sense, for a lot of the people, because of their economic system, there was some security in this that you had a way out. And the reason that they're saying that the that there would not be a death penalty in this situation because she was a slave, because if she was the property of somebody else and they, you know, and she was going to eventually get her freedom, but in the meantime, they were economically dependent on her that it wouldn't have that that wouldn't have been a fair dealing for him to have lost her because of her sin or the, sure. or the man's sin that, yeah. that did this to her. When you enter the land and, and plant fruit trees, leave the fruit unharvested for the first three years and consider it forbidden. Do not eat it. In the fourth year, the entire crop must be consecrated to the Lord as a celebration of praise. Finally, in the fifth year, you must eat the fruit. If you follow this pattern, your harvest will increase. I'm the Lord your God. Do not eat meat that has been drained of its blood. 
Do not practice fortune telling or witchcraft. Do not trim off the hair on your temples or trim your beards. Now that we see a little bit of that, like in Orthodox mm-hmm. Judaism. Um, I, I remember Nicole asking when we went to yeah. Israel, like Why how the come there's a lot of the side, curls yeah. under the, that's, yeah. that comes from this verse right here. Well, and you have to remember that of these scriptures too, that the rabbis then would write commentaries with the Mishnah or the Gemara, which was yeah. commentary on all of this. And so then they took these further and then were very specific as right. to just how the hair was supposed well, to be. Well, I love cut. to quote this verse, honestly, to people. I mm-hmm. quote this verse quite a bit to people because they quote the verse after it to me, which oh, yeah. says, right. do not cut your bodies for the dead. Do not mark your skin with tattoos. I am the Lord. So if people say, well, you, well, you're, you have tattoos. It's in Leviticus, it's like, well, you also trim the hair on your temples and you trim your beard. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, and again, we do believe that most of the tattooing in that day was very religious in its practice. In fact, it says you do not cut your bodies for the dead, and that uh, I, I know one commentary spoke of this, that the practice of tattoos had to do with a, a way to honor the dead, and it was part of the religious ceremonies, yeah. and so that was the reason for it. Do not defile your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be filled with prostitution and wickedness. Keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence toward my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not defile yourself by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead. I am the Lord your God. Stand in the presence of the elderly and show respect for the aged. Fear your God. I am the Lord. You know, it is sad that we we live in a culture today where honor is bestowed to youth and we mark it towards the youth. And there's very little respect or gravity given towards those who have experienced and have lived full lives and have so much to offer. I think that some of the Asian cultures are so much better at that. But in the West here, for whatever reason, we just have our highest regard for, and, and we make fun of, we make fun of the aged. Yep. And, uh, I, and I think that's very sad. Do not take advantage Especially of- Especially as an aged person. <laughs> well, I was just about to make a joke. And then when you said that, yeah. like, I can't make a joke now. Yeah, sure you can. <laughs> I, I always, here's the thing, Junior, and I think it's good for people to, to hear this too, because I, I think they, they sense that as well, that- I we we love to joke back and forth, and I always know that uh, the joking that you give, even the you know the poking fun at me, is always yeah. done with a great amount of respect, and, yes. and I always know that. Yeah, good. Do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. I love that because yeah. you know there's countries where you and I've gone to, Dad, uh-huh. where it's like there's, and I'm. I look back, I'm like, I don't like that country. I was People try to take advantage yeah. of me. Oh, and then man, I go to some did. countries, I'm yeah. like, oh, they were so hospitable and so kind and yeah. helped me out. I love how God's like, I want you to have the reputation among foreigners. Be like, we like going there. Right. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as, as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I'm the Lord your God. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or volume. Your scales and weights must be accurate. Your containers for measuring dry materials or liquids must be accurate. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must be careful to keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. I am the mm-hmm. Lord. Oh, awesome chapter. That was a very practical chapter for Leviticus. And let's uh, get, we're going to be in Psalm 78. Psalm 78 is a little bit of a longer psalm, but it, it is pretty cool because you get the history of Israel by reading through this psalm. So I encourage you to read the whole thing. And essentially, the psalmist here is taking them up to the history. This was written during David's time, it's obvious because it closes off with David as the king. And I, I don't think, it, I don't know if it says in yours that this is a psalm of David. I don't believe that this one was written by David. Asaph. Uh, okay. Uh, because it, it actually praises David. And he's going through and he's talking about the grace of God, how God has been so gracious. He's done this for us and this for us and this for us. And 
going through the wilderness, the want, you know, coming out of Egypt and the wilderness and then settling in the land and all of that. And in verse 70, it says, he chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Which is kind of cool that the way he, you know, Asaph here talks of the blessing that God gives to Israel by giving them a godly leader, yeah. a godly ruler. Yeah. And I, I wonder if we often are willing to look at the blessings that have been given to us through other people, that he's been good to us because of the people he has placed in our lives and the direction that he's given us through other people. Even the good leaders that, that we've had. We, yeah. you know, we tend to more we complain rarely, about the yep, bad leaders, yep. but there's also been great leaders Absolutely. That, that God has given yep. us. All right. Well, today is the end of Mardi Gras day. <laughs> Mardi Gras. Yeah, I was. I just came back from Mardi Gras. Yeah, and I'd like actually. for you to maybe, I, I kind of want to put you on the hot seat here, <laughs> kind of put you on trial here. Some, because when yeah. people think, hold on, my past yeah. went to Mardi Gras. I know, I know. It's probably offended a few people just like, by me saying that. We've got people turning this off right now. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I would have refused to go to Mardi Gras. In fact, for five years, your brother, you know, my, my son Brock has been, asking me to come down, asking mom and I to come down. And we just, you know, we thought, that's ah, not for us. And Which, and by the I, way, I that says being, a lot right there because if it's a really, really bad scene, you're not going to invite your mom and dad. No, no. And and both Brock and Aubrey have told us, you don't, everybody outside of New Orleans thinks Mardi Gras is this terrible, wild, crazy sex party. And and they, they both said, we have never seen the stuff that people think about with the beads and all of that. We've right. never, ever seen that. And Brock's a cop, so yeah, he he's been in it. all of the areas. He works Mardi Gras. And uh, so I have to say, I, I was really surprised. It's just a lot of fun. It, it's it's very family-friendly, at least the places that we went to. The parades are just a blast. And, I mean, it, they're they're unbelievable. Some of the stuff you see at those parades and uh, is is really pretty cool. Yeah. So okay. just to maybe stay out of the bad places, yeah. which we, we would should. anyway. <laughs> so, That's right. um, but where we went and the things that we did and what we saw, we thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Oh, cool. So All happy right. last day of Mardi Gras. That's right. Oh, look at that Leviticus 19 Mardi Gras, <laughs> the aged. Yeah. yeah. It was All a great right. day. That's right. Hey, have a good day. God we'll bless. See you tomorrow.